Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Do you guys celebrate Thanksgiving over there? Again, I remember that this is the celebration of the Americans leaving your country. So I'm guessing no, but like, do you, since, you know, a lot of, not a lot of the world, but we like to think a lot of the world kind of revolves around our operations and stuff. Like, do you guys observe the day as like a, all right, some things are closed and like a lot of high, like Apple, you know, around the world. No, completely normal day. Just a regular Thursday. But answer me this. So, you you do turkeys on Thanksgiving, yeah. But do you do turkey at Christmas? No. See, that's what we do turkey at Christmas. So we just we just I wish taken that and done that at Christmas instead. Christmas dinner. So I a mean, little parallel there. I'm sure there's some people that do turkeys. I mean, honestly, Christmas dinner should be exactly the same as as Thanksgiving. It's the comfort foods: turkey, mashed potatoes, you know, corn stuffing, like. I would do that again in a month. That's fine with me. Yeah, but it's it's apart. it's like variations. I think everybody is different, especially their culture. Like we're Italian, so it's very popular to do fish um, on Christmas Eve, I believe. Um, and then I think Christmas Day, there's like a different thing. I don't know. Nowadays, all of my, you know, especially since I'm married to someone who's not Italian, so like things are just different. Um, so we just kind of have a hodgepodge of food. It's usually fine. Um, but Thanksgiving is where it's at. It's it's a great holiday. You just get to eat, you get to watch football, and then you fall asleep. It's, And then, and the reason why I'm bringing this up is because it brings us into what our first topic's going to be, um, Black Friday. So what, I don't, I mean, Black Friday has really, and this is, I can, I'm rolling my eyes. I just want everyone to know that as I say this, I am rolling my eyes at myself. But after having this job, Black Friday has become, something that I don't care about anymore because, and again, I'm rolling my eyes. I understand how this sounds. There's really nothing for me to go out there and get at this point. Like it's, it's very, unless it's like a home appliance or something that doesn't, it's like I I use Black Friday now as no longer a tech related, uh, you know, find. And it's more so like get Black Friday deals on sheets or, uh, you know, if I need a new washer dryer, which thankfully we don't. Um, so yes, I'm very fortunate to be in a position where I don't have to go out and blow money on tech items because we do get to test a lot of these. But like at the same time, I loved after Thanksgiving dinner because it would cut into Thanksgiving for us. It was earlier and earlier. It was never Friday. It was always Thursday and evening. We'd be lining up outside, try to get a couple hundred dollars off a TV or something. And now it's just, I don't know, it's changed so much. What's Black Friday like for you guys out there? Is it actually on fr- Friday? Uh, or do you guys observe that yeah. in the first place? Well, it's 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 come over from the states. It's, it's okay. still a, quite a new um, thing over here. Um, but ever since Prime Day started, and now there's two Prime Days. Oh yeah, I think everyone is a little fatigued with these kind of uh, discount days that become discount weeks. And then it's Cyber um, Monday, and like yeah. So I, I think that there is just a little bit of fatigue with it, but there are still good deals to be taken advantage of and yeah. even though apple 
doesn't actually call it Black Friday. Of course, Apple marketing won't won't utter those words. Right. They just call it their special shopping event. Um, and that's still taking place. And while some of the, the deals aren't great, um, some of them seem pretty good to me. Like on the Apple Watch SE, which I believe is already uh, $249, you can get a $50 gift card with that, which yeah, to me I mean, is really good. At that point, you're getting an Apple Watch for under $200. Yeah. It would be nice if they gave you the gift card first and then you can use it on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> just make it to like get get the option of like you pay 250 and you can get I mean it's the same deal or just make it $200, you know? Just I understand they won't do that cuz that's not how it works for them. Uh they would much rather you pay that 250 and then you know there's nothing rarely is there anything there that you can get for $50. So they know they got you. Yeah. They know you can go and buy. And chances are, you probably at some point over the next year, if you're the sort of person oh, yeah. that say yeah. you're you're buying an Apple Watch SE for uh, a Christmas gift, it's they know you're going to be the sort of person that in the next year might pay for some AirPods, some AirTags. Yeah, uh, that will buy you an iPhone case, a fifty dollar gift card. Yeah, you're de- you're definitely so, getting fifty free dollars, and you're gonna use it at some point. For the most part, I would say most people who are buying Apple products are most likely to return in the next, you know, six to twelve months to buy something else. So I one hundred percent. Is there any other deals out there? I have not looked at this at all. I used to be so on top of all of this um, that I just I don't know, and now I'm like kind of grateful that I don't have to worry about. All right, let's cut this thanksgiving dinner short i need to go wait in line well the thing with black friday as well is that the deals are coming and going and the prices are changing all the time so you kind of really need to shop around um, and don't just assume that say apple has the best deals on its own devices um, because chances are other retailers may have things um, that suit your circumstances better you know maybe certain color options certain storage configurations will be discounted more heavily from certain retailers so it's definitely worth checking around um, but you can maximize apple's offers if you say do a trade-in if you're the sort of person that wants to get a trade-in you can still get the full gift card um, so in those situations if you were say upgrading to the latest generation apple watch se that might be an even cheaper way to do it and of course, shameless plug, but the crack team over at MacRumors.com has already assembled and put out articles in which you can find all of the great deals. And not just on Apple stuff. I mean, there is all the stuff for uh, Apple products at the top, but then like Walmart has their Black, Pro- uh, Black Friday plans already out. Week-long sales, you can get TVs and devices and video games what's the one thing that you want right now that's not an apple product that if it had a good if it had a good black friday deal you would get oh that's a that's a that's a tricky question uh oh i don't know you put me put me on the you put me on the spot there but it's i'm so in the apple ecosystem and i'm so spoiled by having bought myself everything i want in the apple ecosystem right that's the problem that's the problem i mean one of the things that i i i would say is is a is a great thing to pick up over uh, the weekend and if i if i hadn't already got one then i would say is a good thing it would be something like a kindle because as ever amazon do really hefty discounts and a kindle is going to provide a much better reading experience than you get on an ipad that's Um, a good idea that probably would have been mine if i didn't have one that's a good idea. I should look into those because, like, well, I don't know. We're, we have not given our kids, like, tablets or anything. 
um, only if we're like on a trip and they use it to watch stuff. But like my son's in kindergarten now and they're using tablets for learning and he generally likes using those games and stuff. But like, I don't know, there's still some restrictions on like using a, a school tablet at home. And I just prefer that he has his own. But then my daughter wants to use one. And it's just like um, I we have so many iPads that like I can totally give them one. But the, the problem is like there's. I don't know. I feel like a Kindle's just better suited for a, for a very young kid right off the bat. Uh, for yeah. for and like they sell games a, and they learning sell a stuff. Kids Kindle. Yeah. Well, the Kindle. I mean, it depends. I mean, if you get a proper e-ink Kindle, it wouldn't even do games. It would oh just yeah, be yeah. Books. I'm thinking so more of the tablet, like the Fire. Like the. I'm sorry. Do they, yeah. do they still call them Kindle Fire tablets, or is it just yeah Fire yeah, tablets? Do, yeah. Okay. I don't want to get confused. I know that's what they used to call them, and then I I know they might have like switched away from those names, but like that's what I would look at. Yeah, I would love. Personally, I guess maybe that I don't I don't have everything, you know, you don't have everything, but like uh, uh, I would love to actually use like a proper e-ink tablet for reading just so that I don't get distracted by anything else. That's the real problem. Yeah. And they and I find, you know, after spending my whole day looking at um, displays that actually emit light, your eyes can just really take a rest when you're looking at something that uses e-ink. Um, and it just it, it provides a, a much Lulls better to way sleep. to unwind. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's it's great. It's great for for reading before bed. It's it's so much yeah. of a a less sort of anxiety inducing thing than like looking at social media. Or I would say that's a it's it's a good purchase um, uh, if you don't have one, a Kindle. Definitely. And then you know, there's there's not. I don't know. It's PlayStation Five still impossible to find. Good luck. But maybe this would this would probably be your best bet if you're out there looking for a PS Five or an Xbox. Uh, yeah. for them to be in stock, although I can't imagine there's a whole lot of them. But yeah, tons of the, deals out uh, there. The uh, more the 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 sort of the entry level Xbox has definitely got some heavy discounts at the moment. Oh yeah, the series. Um, so if you're looking at the Series S, right? Casual console gaming. Yeah, that oh. that would be. Uh, this is a good time to buy that as well. An incredible deal. Um, my main thing for people out there is if you're looking, if it's time for AirPods Pro upgrade. Uh, definitely check out Amazon's uh, for $199. Like that is a great deal. I I'm using the threes right now, but I always use the pros. I don't know why, but the threes are just the ones that are here on this desk at all times, and I'm far too lazy to go get the pros. But they're so good. Um, even though, yeah. fun fact, I not about this with how how great the AirPods Pro two are. Such yeah. a such a good upgrade. Even if you've got the first generations, um, it still might be worth upgrading because there's that many new features. I highly recommend. Now you can you can do this. I don't think I've ever done this though, but I, I want to say you can buy the AirPods from anywhere and then add on Apple Care afterwards. Correct? You don't have to get it yes, from Apple. I think okay. So, yeah. Okay. Because uh, I washed mine last week. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah, I like. Must be water noticed. resistant though. Did they uh, not survive? No. Well, one did not. One. Did, but it was not great. And at that point, in my mind, I uh, associated that one with forever being tainted anyway. So I just opted to get them both replaced. Um, and so I paid for uh, Apple Care Plus, which gives you the um, theft and like accidental damage. And uh, it was weird. Like I tried to do it online, and it said I owed one hundred and ninety nine dollars. And I'm like, well, what's the point of that? Like, why would? But if you go into the store. Um, it cost me 29 bucks. There's something going on with that. So just if you're confused and you think that you shouldn't be paying that much for a replacement, go to the store 
and they'll make sure. He said maybe I think at the end of checkout they would have like reduced that price. I just didn't want to take any risks because I was like at that point I might as well just buy a new set. Um, but yeah, I washed mine. One didn't make it, and they swapped them out for like twenty bucks. Can't go can't go wrong there. Got a whole new set, and uh, so good. I was so sad that I saw one at the bottom of the washer machine. Thank God I didn't put them in the dryer. But yeah. The one made it. I think the other one would have made it had it not fallen out of the pocket. Because the one that made it was the one in the pocket. So uh, that's a lot to ask for. a uh, for. And I washed it twice because it was one of those loads where you washed it and then you forgot about it for a while. And so you restarted it because you don't oh, want it to just be sitting there smelling bad. So, like, yeah, it's been through a lot. I'm impressed that the one yeah. even lasted. They, AirPods generally last quite well in the wash. Even when they were not water resistant, they do yeah. seem to survive. But two washes, I, I think that you'd be pretty lucky if it survived that. No. Do you have any other? Because this is a good transition into what our main topic is going to be. Um, it's the slow time of the year, folks. So there's uh, there's not a lot of stuff going on right now in terms of immediate pressing news. But we thought it would be fun to like talk about the products that we generally use from Apple and how we use them. And, and maybe it might not even have to be all Apple related, but just like stuff that we use on a regular basis that we think are are good products um, and that we would highly recommend. And I would put AirPods Pro 2 as one of them. Um, Hartley, yeah. what about you? Uh, well, I would I would agree with AirPods Pro 2. I think they're a great place to start. I, I actually, uh, I have all three sets of AirPods, um, which I, I accept is a luxury that not uh, not everyone is willing to, to undertake. And I do mean to sell one of them, um, when I when I can choose which one I want to get rid of, but I find that the AirPods Pro Two are the most uh, well-rounded of them, whereas the others all kind of have flaws. And I I love the AirPods Three; they're so comfortable. But then the AirPods Max sound quality is so much better. But then they're not so comfortable for a long period of time. So I always find myself gravitating towards the AirPods Pro Two. But uh, I I probably should get rid of the other the other two pairs and just stick to one pair. I would say it, yeah. I mean, that's a really good breakdown because I, I, I also have all three, and I use all three, which is weird because you'll be like, why? And really, the yeah. AirPods three get worn for long periods of time because they're so comfortable, and so like the podcast or if I'm just like gonna be listening to music for a really long time, maybe sitting at my desk working on an edit or something, um, I don't need noise cancellation in this environment. It's plenty quiet. And so, you know, you just want something that's comfortable and the tips don't go in your ears so far. But, like, you know, then they don't sound quite as good and you don't have noise cancellation for when you need it. And then the AirPods Max sound amazing, but they're kind of uncomfortable for very long periods of use. They're pretty heavy on the head at times. And, uh, you know, they're not as mobile as you might think they are. So they're very kind of yeah, and the required. smart case is bad. And the smart case is horrendous. Uh, and that just kind of leaves it for specific use cases when I want to use those. So really, the AirPods Pro 2 are kind of the perfect blend of both of those. So they are comfortable for long periods of use, but not as comfortable as one would be. And they're, they sound amazing. They're not as good as the AirPods Pro Max, but they're certainly much better than the AirPods Pro th- or but than the AirPods 3, in my opinion, at least. So yeah, I mean, they're just kind of like if you just need to pick one, that's the one that I would pick at all times. If I had to get rid of the other ones. Uh, yeah. That's what I would go for. 
I would agree. And it's it's kind of strange that you do find a place for all three, which is why I'm struggling right. to, to actually bring myself to get rid of one, because I, I do find on a weekly basis, I am using all three sets. Right. Um, but the so, normal person at home is like, dude, I'm not buying all three. I totally get it. Yeah. Like that. that's... But if you were the sort of person that, you know, maybe you've already got a set of AirPods and you're looking to maybe get an additional pair, you know, AirPods Max is something else that is heavily discounted over Black Friday. Um, maybe you, if it helps you justify it? it to think that you will actually use it separately, um, then uh, you can kind of have the confidence that you will be able to 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 make them fit in. What's the um, What's the price for AirPods uh, Max these days for Air, Black Friday? Uh, well, they're normally at full price uh, five four nine, um, yeah, but you should absurd. be able to get them for about four four nine um, on Amazon. I would expect, um, which is a little bit more sensible. Um, and there's no sign of a, a, a new model anytime soon. So it's still a pretty good time to pick up some AirPods Max. When um, you say soon, you mean like within the next like two or three months. I would say by, I'm hoping by, well, what is the rumor for that? My hopes are by March. There is no rumor of new AirPods Max. There is there, there is no information about what they, they could feature. We know that they're missing a load of features from the AirPods Pro. Right. So there's obvious things that could come to it. But um, the last we heard was that Apple was actually not working on new ones. So it's kind of in a, a an awkward place where we're not really sure what's happening with them. So it's still a good time to buy, I would say. So probably a good time to buy. And if there were new ones anytime soon, it might just be a color refresh type deal. Potentially, um, although even at this stage, I'm not even sure they would do that because they the, the hardware is outdated So compared to the AirPods Pro 2. So I don't know if they would even want to highlight that by doing a, a, a colors refresh. They can't go more than two years, could they? It will be two years in December. Um, so it will be pretty easy for them to hit two years. Um, this December? And, uh, yes. Okay. So we're, we're talking... Uh, effectively in a couple of weeks the airports max will be two two years old so it's probably um, on the same timeline as the pros then wasn't the pros like a little over two years or was that three years uh pros were three years oh, so but expect. airpods seem to move in in three year cycles okay um so if you think 2020 was airpods max uh 2021 was the airpods 3 and then 2022 is airpods pro 2 so theoretically next year we should, under that timeline, see new AirPods Max. But if but they are more towards emerge, the end of the gonna, year, yeah. So yeah. that's why it's still a good time to buy. I agree, and plus, I mean, for most people who are probably considering an AirPods Max and want the best deal and like save a lot of money, I would imagine whatever new features they possibly put into it are probably not going to be as concerned. They're going to be what back to five fifty at least. Um, and what could yeah. they realistically do that would make a lot of average consumers just be like, eh, I'm probably good with spending 400 You know, Maybe some places even have sub-400 if you can find it. Real heavy deals, maybe renewed versions. I would highly recommend if you can find anything that's like in good shape um, for that cheap. I would, I would pull the trigger on them. But... Yeah, I would agree. But what about uh, the Apple Watch? What about the Apple Watch? Which one am I using? <laughs> well, I know you're a big fan of the the Apple Watch Ultra. So, why why do you feel that the Apple Watch Ultra sort of goes that extra extra mile for you, where other Apple Watch models haven't? Well, first off, can we talk about this band? This is the last band that I I was able to get because I don't know why it was just not ready at launch. Uh, this is the what did they call this? The Trail Loop or Trail Band? 
okay. I'm I'm not even. It, I get very confused between those two: the one with the hook and the one with yeah, the velcro. Yeah, it's not the one. The one with the hook was the one that was readily available. It was the first one that it's like the orange one that you see in all the press images. Um, that one came at launch, but then there was another one that's kind of like a sport, like a fancier sport loop. I think it's called the trail loop. Let me, I'm looking this up just so I, yeah, it's the trail loop. Um, that is my favorite band of all the ultra bands. It is, uh, I like this like blackish gray with the orange accent, but for some reason at launch, it was pushed to November. So like right off the bat. And yeah, I just, just think same it's the same as a, as a sport band effectively. Yeah. And as I, a, as a sport loop. Yeah. But it's definitely the one that fits the best. Uh, for, you know, you could just put a, a sport band on or a sport loop on this. You don't have to use the ones that are dedicated to the Ultra. But if you want it to look proper here when it connects with the actual watch itself, um, you know, you, you probably want to get a dedicated Ultra band. And this is the best one. The hook one's fine, but it is kind of a pain to like take on and off. It fits very well, but it could be kind of annoying. I don't know that I've ever used the ocean one very much. Uh, I have it, but like, I don't know. It doesn't feel as comfortable to me as this, this loop one. So, um, I'm really happy with the band. I just got it like last week or so. Um, why do I think it's the best one to get? Um, personally, I just think it's got the best features and the battery life is so good that I can go sometimes multiple days without charging it. And I don't worry about like it dying. It has never once died on me in the middle of the in the middle of the day at all. Uh, the other day I forgot to charge it. I left it on my couch. I took it off, and I put it back on, and I didn't charge it until the next day. So I mean, it was it just works really well. And I'm actually being more active in doing workout tracking and things that it actually you know uses um, you know more battery life, and it's still great. So. So would you say that you use your Apple Watch more now because it's an Apple Watch Ultra? Um, or do you use it more the same amount? Because I'm wondering if that larger display and having a sort of a device that feels more substantially refreshed encourages you to use it a little more in place of where you might have used your iPhone. Yes. I have noticed that I've been using the keyboard to actually type out messages. Or actually, I've been using Swipe. I really like Swipe on it. Um, and it's so much easier just with that little bit of a larger display there. Well, I mean, it is bigger um, to be able to get like correct words put out there um, and not feel like you're going to make like a ton of mistakes. So um, I have used it more so with that recently, actually. I don't know why, but just a lot more now. I've been putting my phone just in a different room. Um, and if I get a message that I feel like responding to, it's I don't hesitate. But on my older watches or smaller watches, I probably wouldn't. I would just go find my phone and use it. Um, but I do find myself using it more for uh, sleep tracking because I know it's not going to die and I don't have to charge it in the middle of the like the next day because I would just forget these things in habit of like, you know, I take it off the charger in the morning, I put it on, I go about my day. Now I don't really have to do that. I could track my sleep and then put it on the fast charger for a little bit before bed and kind of always have enough to, you know, do that kind of like habit and get into that routine. Um, I like the look of it more than the others. Um, it is kind of big and does get in the way sometimes, I will say. Uh, and there's one weird bug about one of the watch faces. For some reason, when you're wearing long sleeves, I feel like it thinks that I'm like kind of interacting with it. 
And so I do often find that the watch is like not giving me those full screen notifications, you know, when it like pops up and you, right. Yeah. It's giving me the banner ones down and it's like, I'm not on my watch. Why is that happening? And so I've noticed that I've missed some notifications because of that. And I don't know if it's a bug with one specific watch face or not, but I've noticed it with that new, uh, what is this watch face that they called? I don't even know. Um, where you can put the eight complications. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've noticed it with that one specifically. So, But other than that, I mean, great battery life. I like the look of it. It's definitely more premium in terms of the materials used and everything. Um, it feels substantial. Looks great for me personally. Um, the bands, you know, it's going to be kind of hit and miss. You can use any band that you want, but it is not going to look... 100% as no, clean as want, it you might. You want the matching lugs yeah. with the titanium. And yeah. ideally, I think the ni- thing that's so nice to say about um, the band that you're wearing is the orange accent obviously matches the action button yeah. color. So it all kind of ties in together really nicely. And the crown has the orange on there. I don't know if people oh, can yeah. see that. but Yeah, I mean, it's it's really good. I, I would recommend it. But, I mean, if you're just like, I just want the best Apple Watch, you know, uh, what we said, the SC before is probably the best apple watch to get your foot in the door and get all the features that most people probably use uh or would want to use and you could save hundreds of dollars so it's not for everyone but if you're like hey what's the best apple watch that you can buy in terms of features and battery life and all that then the ultra is just kind of a no-brainer to me but i can understand that it wouldn't be for everybody i know you don't use it you use the stainless steel that is right. Um, I, I, I have small wrists, so I don't think I could get away with the Ultra. Um, and I also prefer the kind of, I, I prefer a polished stainless steel look because I, I'm, I'm sort of bothered by everything matching. And so I know uh, if I ever, I don't, I don't wear any jewelry right now, but I know if I do wear some jewelry, um, then that's going to be a polished look. And I would like it to tie in with that and i also know that even just uh like the accents on my glasses they're they're a, like a, a polished look so i like everything to kind of tie in together even things like a belt buckle so yeah. it's that sort of thing that, that bothers me to the point where i would like to have everything just looking a bit more sort of minimal and tied in together um and if they did a smaller version i would probably be very tempted to buy it um but those two factors are what decide it for me but i can't say that when i've seen it in the apple store i haven't been extremely tempted it is it is a very tempting product but i mean for as i said for most people out there who um just kind of want to use it for workouts and notifications which i feel like that's got to be what most people use it for like they want to track their workouts get notifications and occasionally be able to control some things without their phone um then you can get away with a series seven if you can find a good deal on that um You know, definitely an SE, although you're going to be missing some core features. it's I don't think they're all deal breakers. I do want to throw a shout out to, this is actually taking the place of my wedding ring for now, because I don't want to wear multiple rings. This is the Aura ring. This thing is actually really nice in terms of what it can do uh, for health features specifically. Um, and I really like it for tracking sleep, because it is the least obtrusive like in your face thing that you could have for sleep um aside from maybe something underneath your mattress where you wouldn't feel it at all um if you sleep with your rings a wedding ring or anything with i would imagine most people probably do um i mean 
it's not it's they tell you that you should put it on your pointer finger but i've had no issues tracking all of the metrics on this finger it works but i think you can just get maybe a little bit more accurate or better results at times on your um i think it's your index finger um but i i just didn't want to wear multiple rings so i i dealt with it and i've gotten very accurate i've been comparing it to the apple watch um and it can do now blood oxygen it does really advanced sleep tracking metrics uh, can track workouts. I wish it kind of tied in with the Apple Watch, so I didn't have to like go into two different things to tell it Does I'm it working sync out to Apple Health tool. And those some of those metrics should. I believe so. Yes, um, but I don't quote me on that because I did not look. Right. I, I, I'm pretty sure, but I, I could be wrong. I, it has its own app, which is honestly really good, um, and you could do active heart rate. You know. Um, it's constantly monitoring. Just it's basically. I I think I need to do a full video on this for sure, comparing the two because it's definitely oh, capable. It's definitely capable of doing all of the things your watch can do from a health and fitness standpoint, and potentially even more than what your watch could do. Um, and it's very minimal and out of the way. If you don't like wearing watches, then this could be the next thing. So if you've been on, you know, looking for an aura ring, and you're like, ah, I don't know, maybe I should just get a watch, uh, and you're you know, debating between the two. Look for a deal on those. I don't know if there's any out there, but I would personally recommend it if you are looking for something like that. Yeah, it's. I think if if if, if that Apple Health functionality is there as well, even if you can't sync all of those metrics, um, that would also make it really tie in very nicely. Especially if you don't want to wear your Apple Watch all the time. Yeah. Um, if you're the sort of person that doesn't want to wear your Apple Watch for sleep tracking, maybe that's when you like to charge it, um, or you only put your Apple Watch on for workouts and you prefer a mechanical watch, um, I can really see why something like that could could work extremely well. I'm going to check the app because now I'm, now I'm confused if it does or not. I feel like it should, and if it doesn't, they're missing out. Well, some metrics should, but I can't imagine that all of them would. It, it, I imagine it will be like some of the uh, Withings uh, health equipment where you probably get some of the the metrics sync through the Apple Health API. Yeah, it not. does. I have it turned on. It it says connect to health, sync your personal data and sleep details with the Apple Health app. So yeah, um, and it, it it oh no, it does import work. It imports workouts from Apple Health, but I feel like it. Hmm. I really need to look into this a little bit more. I've had it for a while, but I haven't been like properly using it. And actually, at one point, I mine did have a. Uh, uh, defect and so I was just wearing it as a regular ring but it didn't work for the longest time until they just sent me my replacement so I started to you know get a little bit more active and have been more into it um, so I need to like really dive into it before I give full thoughts but so far I really like what it does and it can I can confirm tie in with Apple Health so another another reason to look into it so that's another piece of tech and that might be my one that I'll, I'll say that I use that's not technically an Apple product um what else are you – I mean, we've talked about this in different points, but your computer of choice, MacBook Pro, I believe? Well, I use a Mac Mini during the day at a desk. Um, but then when I want to move away from the desk um, and I want to kind of draw a, a line between uh, sort of work and personal, especially when you work from home like I do, I find it really important to kind of separate those two worlds. And having two separate Macs enables me to do that. Um, and the, the MacBook Pro is such a, a joy to use, the 14-inch um, M1 Pro, MacBook Pro, um, that it, it's 
it feels uh, just it, it feels so great to use, um, even if I'm not taking advantage of all of its power. Um, just the mini LED display, the keyboard. Obviously, I do a lot of writing, um, and I have nothing but good things to say about that machine. The Mac Mini, not so much. It gets me through my <laughs> my work, just about. It just about. Uh, it's an M1 Mac Mini with uh, 16 gigs of memory, uh, and it struggles. It struggles even with just Safari tabs. Um, I find I do have quite a few issues with it. That's hilarious because pulling behind the curtains here, we I was cursing the Mac Mini's name just before we even started this episode because I use a Mac Mini strictly because it's we had it for review um, and it's just been sitting here and I didn't want it to go to waste, so I use it on the other side here where this camera is pointing behind it, I have a monitor on a like rolling cart and on that part of the cart, there's a Mac mini and I connect it to my um, camera here. And it's also connected to this and I can see, you know, you, that's what I'm looking at when people are wondering why am I not looking on the camera? I kind of wanted it to be more conversational as if I'm looking at you. Um, and also it's just, I don't know, it's weird to look into the camera and try to talk to somebody else. So, uh, you know, that's a little pullback of how it works here. But I use the Mac Mini, and it cannot. It just – we've had a couple episodes where it works fine. But oftentimes, like I have my MacBook Pro here. That's what I'm currently recording this episode on because it is struggling to do. And this is the base model, cheapest M1 Mac Mini you can possibly get. And it's just not good. It's not a good experience. It, it's probably good for, you know – I mean, I don't know. You even said it's not good for Safari tabs, so maybe it's not good for many. Yeah, well, I, I don't, I don't do a, a lot of intense tasks, so it's it's mainly just you know, writing and browsing a bunch of WordPress tabs. Well, that's concerning that, that it can't handle that. Getting... Yeah, yeah. I feel like it used to work better. Um, yeah, I, I, I do. I have, I have a lot of fond memories of this device because this was my first Apple Silicon Mac, um, and it, it is supposed to be the most powerful M1 machine as well out of those initial ones that launched because it's got that big fan and it's not got a battery, so it should be able to consume more power. Um, but I just, I always feel underwhelmed by the performance of it. And when I, and I, I've got, you know, a desktop uh, app that lets me see what the cores are doing and uh, the temperatures and the fans and all that sort of thing. So I'm, I'm interested in what it is doing. And it always just seems to be behaving very strangely with all of the efficiency cores maxed out, um, but then none of the performance cores used at all, used at all. But then sometimes all of the cores are completely maxed out. It doesn't seem to behave um, in a way that at least my MacBook Pro with the M1 Pro uh, behaves. And I can throw anything at the M1 Pro, and it seems to handle it perfectly. I think if you could, uh, if you could get, I think eight gigs of storage, and I just wouldn't get the base model. Eight gigs of storage and two hundred fifty-six gigs. I'm sorry, eight gigs of RAM and two hundred fifty-six gigs of storage is not enough. Uh, because we've talked about this, if you have a lot of, if your storage is almost full and you're trying to run a lot of these like applications that I've currently got, I've got like Safari with a bunch of tabs open, I've got Apple Notes, I've got, you know, the recording software here. Um, if I'm trying to do all that and my storage is getting full and then it's starting to, you know, eat into your virtual, you know, memory there and then it's really slowing things down, I think that was really the part of it. And also it, it suffered from Bluetooth issues a lot at launch, and I don't think it ever fully recovered. I have noticed some very weird connection issues. 
Um, primarily the main reasons why it wasn't working so well with uh, this software and recording the episodes is when I would throw my blue my headphones on. All of a sudden, after like a minute of me talking to you, you would cut out. I can't hear you at all. And the only way it would ever like come back and stop slowing down and being real sluggish is if I just disconnected my AirPods. And so it's just it's a good machine for like very basic use. But I really still think even then you should like definitely look at the 16 gigs of unified memory option. Maybe bump that up a little bit and get a little bit of extra storage or honestly just go with the MacBook. M2 MacBook Air, perfect. Yeah, I think that when the Mac Mini is updated and we have M2 and M2 Pro options in there, that will make so much more sense because yeah, it, it will so it will make it the, the M2 will be able to handle things a lot better anyway. I think that extra twenty percent performance will probably just give it enough punch for what it needs. Um, but the M2 Pro provides that option for if you do need something more, but you don't need a, a Mac Studio. Um, there yeah. is still there is still that gap there because let's not forget they've still got that Intel Mac Mini. They still sell it from 2018 as their high-end Mac Mini model, um, and that one really is is begging for Apple Silicon at this point. Um, How much? Because everyone thinks the Mac point? Pro. Uh, it's I think it's still uh, pretty pricey. I think it's still over uh, eight or nine hundred dollars. I'm looking right now. Here. Yeah, it starts at. No wait, no, that's the M1. Here it is. It starts at a thousand dollars. Uh, it's a Core i5, six core, Intel 630, 512 storage. But I don't know if I would, I don't know if I could recommend this to anyone either. This is, this is rough. No, <laughs> it, it's strange, really, because everyone is so focused on the Mac Pro, and people sort of think that's the last one that needs to make the transition to Apple Silicon. Yeah, but of not. course, it's not because this is a year over a year older than the Mac Pro. Um, it's it's a device that um, also is not as powerful as the Mac Pro, and it's not modular either. So there's even less excuse to still have that in the lineup. I mean, I guess Apple has kept it there because uh, people use the Mac Mini as a server, um, and people use it as part of workstations in a, a different way, and that would be what some businesses would default to. So I assume that's why it's still on sale, but we really do need a, a high-end option at this point. Yeah, I'm guessing a lot of the businesses that use it um... – a lot of server farms use like tons of Mac minis. I'm wondering if that's still something that Apple Silicon couldn't handle. Well, it definitely couldn't handle right now at this current configuration. Yeah, I, they do use the M1 in some server farms, but I assume that that Intel model is still required where, uh, where specific those systems are just not are not ready for Apple Silicon yet. Or even just, I, I don't know if you if you have specialist apps that you use in your workplace. Um, and your your workplace is just reluctant to be relying on Rosetta. If then you have a Mac that is not the Mac Pro, to be yeah. able to do that because obviously it's such a small little neat package. So but would the time you say has come, you know should have it should have had the M1 Pro realistically by now. So this episode is more of like things we like and we use and what would recommend basically. So you would probably would it be fair to say for those of you who are out there looking at a Mac, Hartley would 100% recommend his MacBook Pro. Um, and that's the yes. one that he would use the most if it wasn't for a work-life balance of separation there. Um, but what about those who just want a good Mac to kind of do basic things? For me, I think it would be the Air. Would you agree on that? Yes, definitely. Okay. okay. So, yeah, I think that's really where we're at right now just because I don't know if the Mac Mini is currently worth it until they update it. So those of you who are like, I just want something basic that I can kind of get 
and be able to push it a little bit, but not too much. Definitely an M2 Air. And then for any for any of you guys who need anything more, um, the Pro in either the Pro or Max chips configuration is definitely going to be enough for a lot of you out there. I still use my, that's what I'm using right now, the uh, M1 Max. And I still think it does just as well as my Ultra Max Studio at times, honestly. I very rarely notice any major differences for day-to-day work, so... I don't know. Yeah, and there are there are good discounts on those machines right now as well. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't encourage buying one because we are expecting an update sure. in just a couple of months, and that could have quite a bit to offer, especially if we're getting a whole new um, set of Apple Silicon chips. We're not quite sure what fabrication process they'll use. Yeah. Um, but the, there's chances are that we're going to get uh, better specifications on some of those ports, like the SD card slot and the HDMI port, um, and you know potentially there could be battery life iterations you know let's not forget that this macbook pro is um ultimately a first generation model of this type so the second generation model is going to be able to really refine what is already a, an incredibly well polished machine um, so i would say it possibly is worth waiting even if you can get a good deal i agree um my main device though that i use on a daily basis is still the mac studio just because i mean kind of hard to argue against it for the work that I'm doing, but I don't know that a lot of people really need it, so I do not recommend it for like 90% of you out there. Um, but if you're someone who is working on a lot of intense projects where you need that that power and performance from all of the cores that you get, <laughs> and the GPU performance is fantastic, so yeah, I mean, if, if you're someone who's going to utilize it for the price, again, I'm still very shocked at the price points of these two. They're not terrible. No. So, um, kind of interesting that we've not mentioned the iPad. Oh, we're getting there as an essential device. Oh, we're getting there. I didn't know. If, I didn't know if you were going to bring up the iPad because it doesn't seem like it's not I an don't essential know what, device. What your feelings are, but it doesn't <laughs> seem essential to me at all. I mean, I'm I'm looking at this for from an everyday person standpoint as well. Even from an everyday person standpoint, do you think? that you could justify buying an iPad instead of a Mac, say? No, not from a work standpoint. But, like, having an iPad, I think, is important. Right. If you're someone who, like, for content consumption, and if you're like, well, I have a TV, what do I need an iPad for? Then you don't. You don't. But, like, for me, there are many times where even if I'm at home, I still watch stuff on my iPad. Um, definitely I travel quite a bit, so I would 100% want one with me. Um, so I do use an iPad and I do think they're important for me for, uh, specific things, but I don't think they're essential to most people. I could be wrong, but. No, I, I would agree. I would think that, that. It's difficult with the iPad because I've I've tried before. I've thought, oh, you know, I don't I don't need an iPad. I don't really use it. I'll, I'll sell what I've got and see how I go for a few months without one. Um, and I always end up buying one again because I just I miss uh, you know having it even just to have my music uh, playing while I'm while I'm working. Have it uh, you know on a little stand next to my workstation. Yeah, it, it's really nice to have there. It's nice when you want to watch a movie, um, if you want to read some magazines or some news it's it's really good for that and there are always those times when you're traveling or you need something to take with you that is not quite as hefty um or as demanding or maybe when you don't need a keyboard um 
and the iPad fits in well with that. But I just don't know if I could justify maybe an iPad Pro. Well, I was That's where say, I think. What iPad are we to. talking here? Because I love my iPad Pro that I have, but I never use it um, when it comes to like I love the idea of it. It's so powerful. I could do a lot of the things on it. I love the Magic Keyboard and how big it is with the 12.9 inch, and like it feels very comfortable to type on. The display is amazing, but like oftentimes, what I find myself doing, especially now. You know, I'm trying to consolidate when traveling. I'm still taking this giant 16-inch MacBook Pro with me at times. I often can get away with a uh, iPad Air as my main iPad because it's a good form factor. It's still very powerful. It can still do whatever I need to do that's not editing on a plane. So when I'm on a plane, if I'm doing, like, admin work, writing up stuff, responding to emails, you know, doing stuff in Slack, talking to you guys about what's next – Uh, planning, all of that stuff can be done on an iPad Air easily on the plane. And I'm not like crunched up with the, you know, with the giant MacBook Pro on on the tiny little stand that they give you uh, on the tray. So I I think that's where I'm reaching for it the most. Even at home, if I'm like on a treadmill and just, you know, maybe I'm walking or doing some light running and I want to watch something, I'm reaching for that because it's more comfortable to have there. And it's just kind of the perfect size. Yeah. So that would be my recommendation. The next time I buy an iPad, I would buy uh, the 11-inch iPad Pro or the 10.9-inch iPad Air. I currently have the 12.9-inch iPad Pro, um, which I bought because I thought I might use it a little bit more like a laptop. And it is great when you're watching a movie with it at home. But when you have the Magic Keyboard with it, it is so heavy. It is such a a bulky device, and you just can't get the same viewing angles out of it um, as you do from uh, from a, a Mac. And... We've talked about this a lot, um, especially lately with iPadOS 16, that it's just still not there enough in terms of the the cursor um, and obviously stage manager, which I've tried to use. I've tried to, to love it. And I try and work from my iPad or spend a few hours on my iPad about maybe about once a month. I keep trying to give it a chance. I do the same thing. But it just, it, just, it just hasn't won me over. So next time, it will be more of a, a content consumption device uh, when I go to buy it. But I'm really looking forward to seeing what they do with the iPad Pro when they actually do redesign it next and change this form factor, make it a little bit more lightweight, yeah. um, which we know should be coming in 2024, which is quite a long time, really. So if you've got an iPad Pro right now, probably no you'll point be fine. For yeah, you'll be fine until then, yeah. Um, I think that brings us to the iPhone, which, I mean, obviously it's essential, uh, especially if you're in iOS. Um I really do like the pros this year. I think it's a good upgrade. Um, I don't really know what else to say. The island is good. Live activities I've been using a little bit more. Um, I've been finding that it makes everything a little bit more useful. And I I, I, I still, um, I don't know. I just think the pros, the pros worth it. I'm still using the max because the battery life is still very good. Um, I do often wish that I could switch down to the smaller size just to make it a little bit easier to carry around but I, I it's hard to leave that giant uh giant screen and battery what about you i think that there's really at the moment uh three sets of iphones to choose from and not perhaps the ones you would think of because i don't think the 14s really count the standard 14s um because the 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 sort of people that i don't know why you would buy an iphone 14 when you can just buy an iphone 13 
for substantially less, um, especially if you don't buy it from Apple, because you will be able to find it even cheaper from other retailers, probably with some extra things thrown in, like a better warranty. Um, so if you are if you're looking for the cheapest possible iPhone or an entry level iPhone, the iPhone SE is is undoubtedly the best choice. If you're coming from a much older device with a home button, um, you don't really need to get the the new design unless you unless you are really into it and you want the the OLED display, you want that all screen design. The iPhone SE is perfect. And if you want the next level up and you're maybe already used to that that OLED display, maybe you're coming from something like an iPhone 10, an iPhone 10s then the iPhone 13 is is perfect. You don't need to get the 14. Um, and I completely agree with you that the, the 14 Pro and 14 Pro Max are the, the absolute sort of crowning iPhones, more so than they have been in previous years, because I know that's kind of an obvious statement, but yeah. it's because the, the difference between uh, the iPhone 14 and iPhone 14 Pro is, is quite significant this year, yeah. um, especially when you think in terms of that 48 megapixel camera, um, dynamic island, even just the the battery life, the fact that you've got a different chip for the first time, we're talking about a device that if you're if you're already considering maybe the the fourteen plus, I would say forget that extra uh, you know half inch of screen real estate and just choose something yeah. that is a little uh, more advanced because I think you would get more out of it and it would feel more modern in years to come. And especially if you're subsidizing, I mean, it's like a ten dollar difference to go between that and the. Uh... Even the Pro Max, it's really not that much of a difference per month. Um, and so in which case, I would say if you really still want to stick with that screen size, it would be 100% worth it to jump from a Plus to a Pro Max, in my opinion. Even the always-on display, which I know not everyone's going to be using the betas, so it's stay tuned. But take my word for it, so much more useful now that you can turn your screen black and... Uh, hide notifications if you want to, but even just, I, I never thought about this, but like I was so excited for the always on display and then I saw the battery hit and then even with updates, the battery got a little bit better, but it was still pretty bad. And you know, if I wanted to put like a personal picture up there, I don't, it's not like anything crazy. People can look at it, but like then it oftentimes leads to conversations with maybe you don't want to have, or like, I don't know, maybe you don't want people to see your, your wallpaper all the time. And you don't want people to see the notifications that come through if you're like at work and someone's, you know, you're in a meeting and maybe you put your phone on the table and it's face up and a notification comes through. I don't know. It could be distracting to others. And there's just, there there are use cases for the new features that are in the beta three right now that will be coming in what? 16.2, correct? Yes. Uh, it should be in the next couple of weeks, hopefully. Um, you, you should be getting it where you can now turn off the wallpaper from being on when you have always on display, it'll just go to a black screen. And with OLED, that saves you battery life because it's only illuminating the pixels of the things that's displayed on your screen, which case it would just be the time and whatever widgets you have. Um, and then, you know, if you wanna hide your notifications from popping up, you can do that too. And so I guess that kind of makes always on display slightly less useful because uh, kind of the whole point would be to see not only the time, but what, what widgets or what, uh, notifications are coming through so I, I keep that on but i like that it goes to a single black screen saves battery and it just has become something that i've turned back on because in the beginning i, I turned it off i know you didn't you liked it at first and then what happened i was very skeptical of the feature when it was rumored because i just thought you know i've got an apple watch with an always on display what is this really giving me yeah um but i was i was sold within hours of opening my device 
um, because I've got one of the the Belkin uh, MagSafe chargers yeah. on my desk. And so just to be able to have my iPhone in my line of sight with the time um, and my activity rings and the uh, the temperature and my notifications um, was a, a big step up. And it was just so nice to just have that in your field of view. Even uh, you know, I set a lot of timers because I like to work uh, in Pomodoros, which is a, a productivity uh, technique that anyone should look up if they don't if they don't know what that is. Well, it's 25 uh, minutes and then... Five minute breaks. Five minute um, breaks, yeah. And it kind of it keeps you going for longer because um, you you can retain your focus in shorter blocks. So I work like that. So I set a lot of timers on my iPhone. Um, I use shortcuts to run them, and that enables me to just keep my timer just in my field of vision. It helps me maintain my focus for longer, and I can obviously glance over at the time. I mean, I know I could use a physical clock for these things, but obviously, you know, my iPhone's on my desk anyway, so yeah. it's giving it a little bit more purpose. So I, I really like the feature. And of course, if you choose a standard 14, um, you're, you're just not going to get that. And if you don't care about these features, then get the iPhone 13. I mean, there will be some people, I always feel I'm too harsh on the iPhone 14 plus, but there will be a very tiny slither of customers that do not care about any of the pro features. They don't care. They don't oh, even well, know then... what a 48 megapixel camera is, Yeah, but they do want a big display and they don't want anything that's too heavy and they want something with better battery life. So I know that there will be a, a small percentage of people that want it. Um, you know, we, we, we believe it's around the same uh, proportion of customers that bought the iPhone 13 mini and iPhone 12 mini, which is around 5%. So not that many, uh, but th there will be some people that do still want that device. And if you're someone who wants a pro because you want the cameras, um, but maybe you don't care about a 48 megapixel camera. But like maybe you like the, like where I'm getting at with this is my father-in-law wanted a new iPhone. He's like, should I just get the 14 Pro? He didn't want a Pro Max, so it was either 14 Pro or 13 Pro. Um, and I'm like, just get the 13 Pro because for him, he didn't really care about all those features. He just wanted something that was going to take good photos and you know be. It was going to be new. It was coming from like an iPhone 8. So if you're in that camp. And you can find a better deal and save money on that. I would say the difference between, you know, the 13 Pro and the 14 Pro, besides the dynamic island and the always-on display, and the 48 megapixel camera. If you don't care about any of those three, but you still want a Pro device, then you know, 13 Pro is still definitely really good. Um, especially, I think mostly he was also looking at the 13 and the 14 at that point. If you can get a 13 Pro over just a regular 14, yeah, by all means do that. Um, especially since you're sharing the same chip too, which is strange to think about. Yeah, you're only getting a couple of extra features in there. You're getting yeah. what? Uh, car crash detection, uh, photonic engine, um, a very, there might be a battery life increase. You might get one extra, uh, one or two extra GPU cores yeah. in the chip. But there, there is really no difference uh, between those devices. That That's worth it for the sort of people those devices are targeted at. That was the comparison. I'm sorry. It was the the lure of having a 14, regular 14, or a 13 Pro. And I think people get like, oh, well, the 14 is obviously better. And I mean, no, not in this case. I would say you're... No. You, you would just get the 13 Pro if it's if it's the same price or less, by all means, do that is my recommendation. That's where it was, not the 14 Pro. Because there are some differences that I would be like, hey, I mean, if if they're around the same price, then yeah, I mean, you should definitely get the 14 Pro because 
even if you don't think you're going to use them, you might. Just like the um, always on display. I, I feel like a lot of people probably didn't think they would care until they actually get it. Um, and the island, man, live activities, I really enjoy now that apps are starting to get it. I am a little skeptical to use it all the time just because of the battery life. But uh, for, like, sports, that's where it's been a huge, uh, like, upgrade for me because I don't have time to watch, like, hundred or 82 basketball games. That's way too many. And so, you know, if you just want to know what's going on in the background and be able to glance at it without, like, picking up the phone and being rude and trying to see the scores or something, like, that's such a great way. Um, and eventually we'll get what Uber and what were the things that they showed off? Yeah, and it's just they, not here yet. Mockups. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I always remember just people have been talking about this lately, and I remember when they unveiled the Apple Watch, they showed it off with loads of apps that just never came to it. Never. So existed. I do just wonder are, are these live activities uh, ever coming, or at least the ones that they and who they initially who came up with those? Like, did Apple create like an Uber specific? And Uber's just sitting there like, "Whoa, dude, we didn't, <laughs> we weren't yeah. planning on doing this." I mean, my guess is Uber was like, "Yeah, we'll draw up a or Lyft or whoever it was," and I think it was Lyft, um, or it was both. Well, yeah, I mean, they've got to be coming at some point. Yeah, I mean, it I, makes I, I sense. With Apple Watch apps, I understand it more because those apps maybe were not actually so useful on the Apple Watch, and we know that there's not been a great ecosystem of apps but for the Apple Watch. But Dynamic Island can definitely take advantage of live activities properly in a way that is useful. So those apps, Apple has showed, showed, chose those apps for a reason because it yeah. can be useful. So I hope they're coming anyway. I do too. Uh, that would be very useful. Um, there's a couple of sports score ones that are out there, but now in the latest beta, um, the Apple TV app does it, so that's nice. Um, so I've just been using first party. Uh, Flighty is a good app if you travel a lot and you want to um, track flights. Not just your flight, but every flight, which is interesting if you're in the market of tracking flights. Uh, you know That could get kind of expensive, but um, yeah. I mean, there's there's some good apps coming out there, and I highly encourage any developers that may or may not be listening to uh, get some good, useful live activities and dynamic island yeah. features up there so we have more. Um, and, yeah, I mean, I think that covers, like, all the stuff that we use. Uh, like, we're not trying to promote Apple and tell you to go buy these things. If you are happen to be in the market for some of these things, this is the reason why we're talking about it because – I genuinely use every single thing that we talked about on a daily basis. And if I didn't have the luxury of getting these anyways, I would go and buy them because I use them. Maybe not an, a, a, a Mac studio. I don't think I need that. But, you know, it's nice to have. Yeah, I think so. I would, I would, I think that if you're, if you're not, uh, Everyone, this is the thing is everyone uses their Apple devices differently. Everyone sort of sets up their own ecosystem of devices themselves that works for them. So it, it will be the case that other people will have completely different even ways of understanding how they use their devices. There will be some people that use so their Apple Watch with cellular and barely use their iPhone. And there will be people that don't even have an Apple Watch and are all in on their uh, on their iPhone 13 Pro Max and they use yeah. that more like an iPad. So you kind of got to find what works for you, but in hearing how it works for other people, it can kind of make you think um, about how you want to grow your 
your little system of devices yourself. Yep. And, uh, you know, of course, let us know. That's the whole point. I want to know what everybody's doing. And it could inspire me to use something differently. Um, I'm always looking for that just to keep things fresh. I like change. I know some people don't like change. I like to change things up as much as possible. It just keeps things exciting. Uh, but we didn't talk about what your favorite non-Apple. I mean, it was kind of the question I asked you was, what what would you buy? But let's pivot to what's your favorite non-Apple branded? Could be Apple-related or adjacent or could not be at all. What's your favorite thing that you've been using, let's say, in the last few months to a year that you really um, enjoy? Well, if I hadn't already mentioned the Kindle in this podcast, it would okay. have been the Kindle. Kindle? You could still um, say that. It's yeah, it would be the Kindle, but I'm, I'll, I'll say something different, um, which is I've got a Keychron, I think it's the K3 nice. mechanical keyboard, which um, I, I really like. So I'm writing all day. Um, I used to use the uh, Apple Magic Keyboard, um, and it was it was good, but it was a little bit it was a little bit sort of it's obviously a very shallow keyboard, so mm -hmm. it never gave me the, the, the feedback that I wanted. And being able to choose the the switches. Um, that I wanted for this keyboard. And I got one that's a low-profile mechanical keyboard because I'm of a generation that never use proper mechanical keyboards. So they do feel wrong to me. I've tried to use them. They're just, they're, there's too much travel. It's so this lot. kind of provides <laughs> me, yeah. So it provides me with a kind of in-between um, of what I'm used to with the Magic Keyboard, but something that gives me a bit more feedback. So I really like that. And it's got um, RGB backlighting and loads of lighting options. I mean, I mainly just leave it on white. Um, but you can, you know, you can choose a color that uh, suits your, your desk space nicely. I know yep. that uh, I can replace the keys. Um, and as I say, that, that choice of the switches is really nice. And they're, they're quite inexpensive as well for keyboards. And they're obviously optimized for Mac. Keychron is great. I love Keychron. I have one right over there that I'm actually looking at. And I have a couple at home. Um, I like it. I got really into mechanical keyboards for a while, mostly just kind of collecting different ones because I thought they looked cool, and then just like switching them out every once in a while. Um, I don't know if you caught my shameless plug again, desk setup video, uh, in which case I yeah. mentioned the Logitech uh, mini mechanical keyboard that they just came out with is great, and I'm actually still using that one. It's one of those ones where like some mechanical keyboards that have a lot of travel, like you mentioned, that really hurts the wrist after a while because you really got to like press hard. Um, and I like to type kind of like I'm gliding. So that's why I've always loved the Magic Keyboard because it is so shallow and you can kind of like move faster. Um, so I wanted something that was low profile, smaller, doesn't isn't going to hurt the wrist. You don't have to be as proper with it. And I would recommend the Keychron that you talked about and this mechanical, um, MX Mechanical, I believe is what they call uh, the Logitech version. Um, and there's a whole slew of other desk accessories and things that I mentioned Um in that video. But the one thing that I'm enjoying recently, I wasn't enjoying it at first. I had a very bad experience getting it set up, but it was mostly not user error, but mostly a me problem at first, more so than a, a device problem. I got the Level Lock Plus that has Apple HomeKey. And uh, I wanted to really test out Apple HomeKey because it seems intriguing. And I, I mean, it. It's very particular in the kind of sizing requirements for the door. And so I had to like actually do work to the door to get it to fit. And weirdly, instead of just saying like, hey, uh, you know, we're having issues with the door and the fit being a problem, it would just like error itself out and kind of make it seem like there was a connection problem. 
rather than it just being not the proper fit. And so once you kind of figure that out and you get it to easily you know, lock and unlock itself and it's calibrated well, it's been pretty flawless. And I don't use my front door all the time, but we do to get my son off the bus so we don't have to keep opening and closing the garage door because uh, it makes a lot of noise and it wakes up other kids in the house. And so we want to just kind of walk out that door and then come back in that door. You just stick your phone. You don't have to do anything. You just walk up, put your phone to the door, and it automatically unlocks it. And it shows you the little cool, satisfying animation of the key kind of coming in. I don't know why, but I've really been into that. So there's only like two or three locks out there that have this right now, too. So yeah, I, I, it's something I definitely want to get into because I'm really into home automation yeah. um, and accessories. And that's the one thing that I, I'm missing. So I'm going to be looking for something. I don't know if that's actually available in the UK, but I'm going to see. Uh, there definitely are some that are available. So I'm going to see what I can get hold of for that because it, it fits so nicely in with Apple's whole idea that you don't really need to take your wallet and your keys with you. That you can just have everything on one, even just your Apple Watch. That's basically all you need. Um, and if you if you also happen to have a car that supports the uh, car key feature, you're sorted pretty much. I think a lot of people out there will be like, well, I have one that has a keypad. And yeah, we used that before. And that is definitely just as good in some instances. But like, I don't know, one of mine had like a glass keypad. So that sometimes in cold weather or anything just became kind of an issue. Um, and if you mess up, you know, you got it like this. You just it's I feel like it's the same amount of time to just take your phone out uh, and potentially faster and just hold it right up to it. And it automatically unlocks and then you can set it to auto lock before you know once you close the door and everything um so i'm super into that especially if you're somebody who uses your front door to your house a lot um here in the u.s it's i feel like a lot of people who have attached garages it's not that big of a deal um but i, I found use case for it so maybe you might out there too i know akara right is that how you pronounce it a q a r a yeah i believe they have because i wanted to ask i was talking to them about one of them and they said it does not work for the u.s right now so i had to uh find a different one well i think that that will probably be the the one that i end up going for yeah um it's it for me, it also depends on what color options are available and the finishes because when you're choosing something for the home those things become a lot more important um the oh, actually no, just, i do actually you just do what i do and yeah. uh now i have a massive spot on my door that needs to be painted because it doesn't take up the lock that oh, was previously no. on there <laughs> it like it's like such a tiny lock in deadbolt and the one before was longer because it had to fit the keypad and had batteries on the back and so yeah it, it uh it's just the size of a normal deadbolt because all of the smart mechanism is actually in the like lock itself and the little bolt right. that comes across and actually locks the door and so that's the biggest difference is that it can keep its footprint so small so now i have a giant part that needs to be painted because it's all white <laughs> on a like green like a blue door uh i do actually have a a bonus matter which is something i think you also have used so i think it's a it's a good one to bring up and i feel uh i i, I should bring it up because i'm much more loyal to this device than i am actually to my keychron the keychron i've only been using for about not even a year maybe about six to eight months um, but this other device i have been using for about three years every day at least twice a day so i feel this is the one i should mention and that is the ember smart mug ah yes the good old ember exactly because it's 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 uh it's it's a product that is so maligned and people think is so silly and uh people don't think it's a, it's think it's a gimmick and i i love it 
Um, I absolutely love it. I've been, I've had three of them. They, they, two of them have died on me. But yeah, I was gonna say so good. The battery life on some of them is not great because you know, think about a traditional battery. You're not supposed to charge all the time, but what you do with this mug is you charge it all the time because you put it on the the coaster. Like it's just a natural thing is to put it on the coaster, um, and that's how it charges, and that's how it also keeps it hot infinitely. So like. The moment you do take it off after doing that for so long, the battery life is definitely degrading by then. And so that's my only issue with it. But I do and – the, and it was too small. And they fixed most of that. I think the battery life is inherently better because it's larger on the larger 14-ounce mugs. That's the one that I would recommend. Um, are you talking about the actual cups, right, not the travel mug? Yeah, but I've also used the travel mug. I, I mean, I've used both um, of them too. But I would personally recommend yeah. more so the uh, the cups at home. Yeah, I, I, I like the cups. I, and in my situation, I keep the, the coaster on my desk, so it's always ready to go. Um, and then it's it's even pretty easy to clean. Um, but I have nothing but good things to say yeah. about it. The app, well, the app is not the most fantastic thing in the world. No. And it's not it's not really the app's fault that your 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 phone can't always be connected to it because that's a limitation that Apple has imposed. Um, but if you just if you're willing to just open your app to when you want to get a little notification that it's it's reached the temperature you like, um, I really like that. And it's actually it's it's almost a bad luxury because it means then you suddenly start to get quite fussy about what what temperature uh, you want to drink your beverages at. Oh, that's what it does to you. Oh, it it's yes. And you want to talk about a bad luxury? And I swear this is the last thing I'll bring up because uh, we're caught we're into coffee now. Um, or. Well, I'm going to use it for coffee. Do you drink a lot of coffee? Or do you? Dr- I know tea is very big out yeah, there. I drink tea, tea and coffee. I usually okay, one, okay. one of each. Okay. So so with me, luxury, a complete luxury item that is uh, 100% not necessary for most people out there. I, 100, I definitely understand that. I've gotten into like smart-ish coffee machines um, right. that, that make like espressos and uh, – and you can make lattes and just we primarily use it for just regular drip coffee. But like the luxury, I would say this, what I like the most about them. And so you could buy any machine at any price point that as long as it does this thing well, it has a built in like canister to hold the beans inside of the machine and it grinds the beans for you and then makes coffee. If you can find a machine that doesn't cost a whole lot that does that well for you, get that. It is life-changing if you are somebody who likes to use whole beans and have fresh coffee that's ground like every morning. I don't have time to do the whole process of like doing pour over and try. I just, I don't want to do all that. I don't want to grind it in the morning and have to measure things out. I've become so spoiled by these machines that I've used in the last year that I use all the time that I would highly recommend them, but I realize at the price point might not be worth it. So, you know, just a shout out to spin is the one that i have at home and then here i've been using the terra cafe um, which by the way they just announced a new one and all of the issues that i have had with the terra cafe the first one seem to be 100 percent addressed on this new one i have not tested it but just from the looks and what they've described of the changes that they made it looks incredible they've now made it that it connects with your iphone too so huge bonus there that if you just want to wake up in the morning and press a button on your phone and you know have some coffee ready to go because it does again uh grind and do all of that stuff for you uh so you know 
They're expensive. This is all I'm going to say. But if you're looking for a good holiday gift for somebody out there, uh, maybe your significant other or someone you want to drop $800 to $1,000 on, uh, I realize they, you must really love that person if you're going to do that. Uh, that's a, If they're a huge coffee lover, I would recommend that. So, You, you can actually integrate uh, drip uh, coffee machines into your home kit setup. Yes, but it's only very specific basic coffee well, you, pots. You need it, yeah. You need one that has a, a switch that you can leave on and then use it with a smart plug. I have tried this and it, it does work very, it works. very well. It works great. It's just if you're anyone out there who wants a coffee pot that looks good and has slightly yeah. more functionality and you don't have to spend money on that at all. You can get a coffee pot that looks good and has like the ability to schedule or just has a clock and looks like you can get that for like 50 bucks. That's not a whole lot in the grand scheme of things, but they don't have the basic function of when I push on it brews. Those are reserved yeah. for like $20 coffee pots that are just, and my, my in-laws use them and it makes fantastic coffee. So I really can't even sit here on my platform and suggest that you buy a thousand dollar coffee machine <laughs> because her $20 Mr. Coffee pot works just fine. Uh, but that's the one that those, you know, if, if you're sitting at home and you're like, I want something that's if you're already, smart. If you're already thinking of an Ember smart mug, yeah. uh, maybe you've got the travel mug. This is mug not for you. The, yeah. The other one and you've got your three sets of AirPods, then maybe, maybe. Uh, it's not for you. you yeah, because, you know, you're probably not using a $20 coffee pot, but there's nothing wrong with it. And those people out there are the only ones that can use HomeKit with yes. your coffee pot because <laughs> there's no other. Yep. That's the only thing I'm hoping. I don't think it does. But that Terra Cafe, if that up the upgrade on the new one that they did, they've added, like, you know, the ability to use your iPhone. I highly doubt it's HomeKit enabled, but that would have been yeah, cool. Because Apple hasn't hasn't supported it yet. Apple don't support loads of accessories, so you have to kind of set it up just as a as a as a just a, a smart plug. But it's it's all you need if you just want to wake up to fresh coffee. That's yeah. it's it's absolutely perfect for that. But you do have to get have to get it ready the night before. That's the only thing I remember when I had a a Wi-Fi connected Nespresso machine. If you forget the night before to put the, the next pod in it you you've got a you've got a problem where you yeah. forget to put a cup under it so you, oh, yeah. you do have to uh try not to overcomplicate these things i mean i guess like i would say the ones the two machines that i mentioned before you know before um the original Terra cafe you cannot use your phone it's not like that smart it does have a screen but it's simply just for adjusting some things and then picking what you want um but the spin i we use that at home i do love that that has a great app that you can adjust all the settings and the adjustments and make fine tune like coffee levels and water levels. And if you're really into all that, you can do it. Most people who are really in, it's a weird kind of like gray area because most people who are really into all that prefer to do it manually with an expensive espresso machine where they're still using their hands. But like for those who are into that, but just want a fully automatic, there's not many of those. And that's the two that I mentioned, uh, but you can use the app and it's like even scan coffee bags and it'll like, like look into the coffee that you're using and use the exact right amount of, I don't even begin to understand all of that, but I like the idea of it. But yeah, that one, it will, as long as you make sure there's water in it um, and that everything else is like not full, like the container's not full. I mean, you can pretty much wake up in the morning and hit a button and it'll brew everything for you. Just make sure you put a, a mug there. I've forgotten uh, before. Yes. So uh, yeah, you know. Well, in conclusion, Apple needs to make a coffee machine. Yeah, that would be great. It would probably cost a bajillion dollars, but it would be awesome. 
That's that's hey. that's all I want. I want I want Apple Watch notifications if I've forgotten to to leave a leave a cup in it. I want I want a, you know integration with HomeKit. I just, hey it, I, hey S I R I make me some want. coffee. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what we need. That's really the ultimate. If you've taken away anything from this episode, it's that Apple needs to make a HomeKit coffee yeah. pot right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's the only thing that matters in my life. Uh, all right. I think that's enough. We've gone way longer than I honestly thought we would. Um, so, yeah, we'll – I don't know. Are we doing one next week? Do we have – Hopefully. It's getting, we'll find it's something. Get, it's getting into that time where eventually we're going to take a break. But we do have some plans coming up. So, you know, follow us on all the on the things that you can follow us on. And uh, we'll see you guys in the next episode.